This is a podcast from the University of Manchester's John Bank Centre for Astrophysics. For more information, see johncast.net. The night sky for December 2020. As darkness falls, the square of Pegasus is setting towards the western horizon. Up to its left lies the constellation Andromeda, containing the wonderful galaxy in Andromeda M31. Above Andromeda lies the open W shape of Cassiopeia, and down to its left is the constellation of Perseus with the bright star Murphek, and the interesting star called Algol, sometimes called a demon star because it winks. It's an occulting binary. And between the two lie a lovely pair of open clusters called the Perseus double cluster. And then now rising in the southeast, we have that wonderful winter sky, the constellations of Taurus, Orion, Gemini, and Auriga. In Taurus, we have two wonderful open clusters, the Hyades cluster, and up to its right, the wonderful little cluster, the Pleiades, the seven sisters it's sometimes called. A long exposure image shows some wonderful blue nebulosity. Lying in front of the Hyades cluster is the bright orange star, it's a red giant, Aldebaran. Below Taurus, of course, is Orion the Hunter. The three stars of its belt lie above the sword of Orion, containing the Orion Nebula, a wonderful region of star formation. Following those three stars down to the left, you come to the bright star Sirius in Canis Major. Above Taurus lies the bright yellow star Capella in Auriga. It lies along the Milky Way, contains some very nice open clusters. And down towards the eastern horizon are the pair of stars Castor and Pollux, the heavenly twins in Gemini. So quite a lot to see. Long nights, but sadly, many of them clouded. The planets. Jupiter, along with Saturn, still remains visible low in the sky, west of south as darkness falls, and sets around 1900 GMT at the beginning of December. Towards the end of the month, it will be seen towards the southwest after sunset, and sets by about 1730 GMT. Its magnitude remains at minus 2 throughout the month, whilst the angular size falls a bit from 34.4 to 32.9 arc seconds. Sadly, even when first seen after sunset, it will only have an elevation of about 12 degrees above the horizon, so the atmosphere will limit our views. Now Saturn closely follows Jupiter into the sky, some two degrees behind at the start of the month, but reducing to just six arc minutes on the evening of the 21st. Saturn is best seen, obviously, in the south just after sunset on the very beginning, at the very beginning of the month. Its magnitude remains steady at plus 0.6, whilst its angular size decreases from 15.7 to 15.3 arc seconds. The ring spans some 35 arc seconds across, and at about 22 degrees to the line of sight, sharp well. Saturn starts the month in Sagittarius and moves into Capricornus on the 15th. Sadly again, its low elevation of about 12 degrees when first visible in the evening will limit our views of this most beautiful planet. Mercury will only be visible using binoculars very low in the southeast at dawn during the first few days of the month. On the 1st, it rises just 45 minutes before the sun, shining at magnitude minus 0.8. It will pass through superior conjunction, that's when it's closest to the Earth, on the 20th of the month. And of course, 
You may well need binoculars to spot it, but please don't use them after the sun has risen. I've talked about Mars in the highlights. Well, Venus rises in the southeast some two hours before the sun at the start of December, for about half an hour less by month's end. Its magnitude remains at minus 3.9 throughout the month, while its angular size reduces from 11.7 to 10.7 arc seconds. At the same time, its phase, and that's the percentage of the illuminated disk, increases from 89% to 94%, which explains why its magnitude remains constant. Well, finally, the highlights for December 2020. Well, perhaps the really good one is on December the 21st, after sunset. It's the closest visible conjunction of Jupiter and Saturn since the Middle Ages. So let's hope for clear skies. They'll be just six arc minutes apart. That means that with a telescope at moderate power, one will be able to encompass both planets and their brighter satellites, Io, Europa, Ganymede and Callisto with Jupiter, and Titan with Saturn. Let's really hope it's clear that evening. Well, it's still a very good time to view Mars, coming towards the end of its apparition. It had its closest approach to Earth way back in October, when it lay 39 million miles away. At this opposition, happily, Mars has been far higher in the sky than at recent oppositions. Currently in Pisces, shining at magnitude minus 1.1 at the start of the month, it can be seen crossing the meridian at about 2030 GMT. By month's end, its magnitude will have dropped to minus 0.3, whilst being due south at 1915 GMT. Its angular size is just over 14 arc seconds at the start of the month, dropping to 10.5 by month's end, reaching an elevation of 45 degrees when due south, as seen from the UK. Amateur telescopes will enable one to see features such as Certis Major on its surface when the seeing conditions are good. After midnight, on the mornings of December the 14th and 15th, we have a chance to view the Geminid meteor shower. The moon is new, so pleasingly its light will not hinder our view. The Geminids can often produce near fireballs, and so the shower, and so the shower is well worth observing if it's clear. Obviously, an observing location well away from towns or cities will pay dividends. The relatively slow-moving meteors arise from debris released from the asteroid 3200 Phaeton. This is unusual, as most meteor showers come from comets, not asteroids. The radiant, which is where the meteors appear to come from in the sky, is close to the bright star Castor in the constellation of Gemini. Obviously, if it's clear, it'll be cold, so wrap up well, wear a woolly hat, and have some hot drinks with you. Late evening, on the night of December the 22nd, 23rd, you have a chance to observe the Ursid meteor shower. The peak rate is just 10 to 15 meters per hour, so not that great. But pleasingly, this year, the first quarter moon will have set around midnight, so its light will not greatly hinder our view. The radiant lies close to the star Kokab in Ursa Minor, hence its name, and so look northwards at high elevation to spot them. Occasionally, there can be a far higher rate, so it's worth having a look should it be clear. On the night sky page, I give some charts to show you how to find the double cluster in Perseus 
and also the demon star Algol, along with Andromeda, as I mentioned earlier, and also a round new moon on the 14th of December. And if you're well away from towns and cities, you may be able to spot M33, the third largest galaxy after M31 and our own galaxy in our local group of galaxies. It's a face-on spiral, and its surface brightness is pretty low, so a dark, transparent sky will be needed. And I guess binoculars too, 8 by 40 or perhaps 10 by 50. You follow the two stars back from M31 and continue in the same direction, sweeping slowly as you go. To me, it looks like a piece of tissue paper stuck on the sky, just a bit brighter than the sky background. Good hunting for that one. On December the 12th, one hour before sunrise, you may be able to spot Venus and a thin crescent moon. Again, look for the dark side of the moon, which may be illuminated with light reflected from the Earth. That's called Earthshine. On December the 17th, after sunset, you should be able to see Jupiter, Saturn, and a thin crescent moon. Again, look out for seeing some of the Earthshine. And finally, something nice on the moon to look at, on the evenings of the 7th and the 23rd of the month, you have a reasonable chance of seeing what's called the straight wall, or Rupert's Rector. And that's actually best observed either one or two days after first quarter, or a day or so before third quarter, the dates I've given you. To be honest, it's not really a wall, but a gentle scarp. And as Sir Patrick Moore has said, neither is it a wall, nor is it straight. Well, a lot to look for this month, and I do hope you get some clear nights so we can have a really good look at the beautiful heavens that lie above us. Thanks for that, Ian. And for our Southern Hemisphere listeners, here's Harity in Amogashanu and Samuel Leske with the night sky where you are. Kia ora from New Zealand. I am Haritina Mogoshano, Senior Science Communicator at Space Place in Wellington. The evening sky in December is commandeered by the edge of our galaxy visually in the asterisms of Orion and Taurus. The region in question is so beautiful that it simply demands all attention, be it the Pleiades, the Hyades with the beautiful red giant Aldebaran, or Orion with its famous M42. There is something in it for everyone. However, the entire December sky is shattered with bright planets and bright stars at dusk. Jupiter is the brightest object after sunset, low in the west. Saturn is close to Jupiter, above and right of it at the beginning of the month. Mars is due north at dusk, still beautiful and bright. The three brightest stars in the sky are also visible at the same time. Sirius, the brightest true star, is midway up the eastern sky. Canopus, the second brightest star, is high in the southeast. And Alpha Centauri, the third brightest star, is due north. In December, Jupiter and Saturn will be very close as they near their once-in-20-years conjunction on December 21st and 22nd, 2020. At their closest, they will be only 0.1 degrees apart. That's just a fifth of a full moon diameter. Remember, full moon is 0.5 degrees. That's half of your pinky at arm's length. They will be in close visual proximity from December 17th to December 26th, when two bright objects in the sky are in the same line of sight, 
we call the phenomenon a conjunction. Every 20 years, Jupiter orbiting the Sun in 12 years catches up with Saturn, which takes about 30 years to do an orbit. Of course, a conjunction is a visual illusion. In reality, Jupiter will be 879 million kilometers away and Saturn 1610 million kilometers away mid-month, almost twice further away from the Sun than Jupiter. From Wellington, it would be a bit tricky to photograph or see the two objects through a telescope on the 21st of December, but if you observe them at 9 p.m., when it is not yet night, they will be at about 15 degrees above the horizon. Try and find a place with a clear horizon, otherwise there will simply be two bright dots visible in the west after sunset. Another photo opportunity you could try is when the crescent moon will be above the pair on the 17th of December. Another beautiful visual combination is the line that the brightest star Sirius makes with the second brightest star Canobus. This happens every year about this time of the year. Extend that line south and you will come across the large and the small Magellanic clouds. This is a very good trick to find our beautiful southern dwarf irregular galaxies in the night sky. From a dark sky, the large Magellanic cloud looks like a chunk of the Milky Way has been displaced nearby. The Southern Cross and the pointers are very low on the southern horizon, making the asterism of the frying pan. The two pointers are the handle of the pan and Epsilon Centauri or Birdun, Gamma Centauri or Mulifine and Delta Centauri or SAO 239689 are the frying pan. The Southern Cross is the fish frying in the pan. Close to the Southern Cross, the dark region of the coal sack for Maori is the flounder, also frying in our frying pan. Our gastronomical sky also contains the pot in Orion with the bottom of the pot made by three stars of Orion's belt and the handle of the pot constructed from the metal of Orion's sword. The pot is held in place by Eta Orionis. This is the best time of the year to observe our famous Saturn sky galaxies, the Magellanic Clouds. The first person to write about them was the Persian astronomer Al-Sufi, around 964 AD. Explorer Amerigo Vespucci, in a letter about his third voyage around 1503-1504, was the next to write about the Magellanic Clouds and also about the coal sack, referring to them as the three canopes, two bright and one obscure. And finally, Ferdinand Magellan wrote about it after his voyage in 1519. To spot the Magellanic Clouds, you will need a very dark sky and you must use your peripheral vision. With a telescope, the large Magellanic Cloud is an amazing sight. One of my favorite deep sky objects, 30 Doradus or Tarantula Nebula, is a cloud of partially ionized gas in which star formation has recently taken place. Just like the Horsehead Nebula in Orion, the Tarantula Nebula in the large Magellanic Cloud is a place where thousands of stars can form over a period of several million years. 
Supernova 97A, the nearest supernova in recent years, co-discovered by New Zealand astronomer and Guinness Book record holder Albert Jones, was in the Large Magellanic Cloud. For regions like the Tarantula Nebula, supernova explosions and strong stellar winds from the most massive stars in the resulting star cluster will disperse the gases, now easily visible in telescopes, leaving behind a cluster of stars which have formed. We can see what happens to such stars when we look at the star cluster, the Pleiades. Close to Zenit is Achenar from Eridanus, all the beautiful stars of Grus and Fomalhaut. In Grus, the Grus Quartet is now visible. In Sculptor, the famous Sculptor galaxy is in a good position to observe. This galaxy has a visual magnitude of about 7 and it is visible with the naked eye. It just looks like a blurred star. Sculptor galaxy is about 12 million light years away from us. A total solar eclipse will be visible from South America on the 15th of December as the new moon disappears into the sun's glare. There will also be a few minor meteor showers, the Geminids and the Leonids, nothing that compares with the Northern Hemisphere's Perseids in August. But this is what we have. Mercury will pass around the far side of the sun on December the 20th and on the 21st, of course, we will have the longest day of the year, the summer solstice. From here, from New Zealand, Haritina Mogoshanu wishes you clear skies so that you can always see the stars and always remember that we are made from the same stardust as they are. (laughs) 